As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, ahoy and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without you. And joining me to discuss series one, episode 10 this week is none other than the Hollywood star, Tony Way. Hello, are you comfortable being described as a Hollywood star, Tony? I, I, it's in my contract. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome aboard, That's I should say. to be <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad you're doing this, but also curious to know um, where you were coming from with Howard's Way. Did you love it when it was um, on as a, no, in the 80s? I don't. Okay. I'm trying to think. So 85 to 90. You've done your research. So I respect that. I looked literally at that bit of IMDb and then thought, no, I won't look at it anymore. Good. I think it would be better to be to coming out this as I was before I was invited on it, which is <laughs> yeah. having not seen it for Fantastic. ever. Yeah. Um, I think I remember it. I was young when it was first on 85 and then I was probably... Like 12? Yeah. When it finished? Okay. I, it went on longer than I thought. I thought it started in 80 and ended in like 85, but actually, no, it went to 90, which yeah. I was very surprised by. There's a real poetry to I think it finished just like, is it something like three days before Thatcher stepped right. down? Oh, right. The, the end of the That's 80s, it. the end of Thatcher, <laughs> the end of Howard's Way. Was she a fan? I bet she was. I don't know. She had no time for telly. Well, probably not. But it did espouse her values quite heavily, didn't it? It's like the pursuit of money and status. Yeah, small business. Tread on the small man. All of that. Brilliant. Um, But my memory of it is vague. It's more of a feeling than an actual memory. What's the feeling? (laughs) Sunday, wanting to avoid going to bed, thinking about school probably a run of about six or seven BBC One shows that are all a bit quiet. Oh, yeah. What else were you watching dull. around then? Was oh, Antiques Roadshow? I've got a, the song I'm going to sing later. Oh, evokes the, <gasps> oh that's um, so But exciting. yeah, Antiques Roadshow, yep. Highway, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, songs of Praise. Yeah. Stuff that was just sort of on. There wasn't anything else on. It was horse racing or something. Yeah. Or maybe that was Saturdays. But weekends in general was not great TV. Well, so basically, it was the afternoon was the only decent part as a, for a kid. True. The weekend. There's no kids TV, you forget, don't no. you? But um, have you seen, there's an incredible video on YouTube of a highway episode. I forget which shopping centre. I want to say Kettering, but I'm not sure if it is Kettering. There's a scene in a shopping centre where real people who work in the shopping centre do like a huge routine to who will buy Brilliant. from Oliver. It's, I love stuff like that. Like, look it up. It's well, I mean, we're right up your street. Way. 
if you watch ITV it's at a point to the weekend that is the sort of thing sort of shit you'll see <laughs> I'm not watching enough weekend TV no. I need to get right back in there so you had no expectations other than you might feel a bit like you hadn't done your homework but that was exactly it. yes exactly that and trying to sort of pretend I wasn't there in the room then I wouldn't be sent off to bed <laughs> oh I see it's like making yourself of, as in, yeah, like as small yeah. as possible I used to have a good trick it only worked twice where I would come down with all of my teddies <laughs> to stay, stay up later it worked twice <laughs> How does that work? Were you hid under them? And I would just bring them all down and look as cute as possible. I remember very Aww. much deciding to do that and then it working probably the twice my parents were drunk. I didn't care. <laughs> That's then, adorable. Yeah. Don't tell my it son that. It was adorable twice and yeah. it was go to bed. <laughs> I would totally fall for that every time. Um, so this episode is very excitingly. It opens with a mullet, which I yeah, wasn't expecting. Amazing. Yeah, and a very I've written child's moustache. <laughs> child's. Moustache. He's got a very um, yeah uh, bum fluff, I suppose. Yeah, but bum it's fluff all on the, the thing. lip. Mm. He's proud of it. <laughs> And uh, so this, we'll call him Bumfluff. He's he's <laughs> rowing across the water to we don't know where. And then yeah. he arrives at this abandoned boat. So I thought, not knowing anything, mm. I thought that he was getting on the boat that they were having yes, me too. relations in. Yeah, so Tom Very and Avril. Very for Sunday at 7.45. <laughs> they're both topless. <laughs> so they were having a dare to see who could be more topless. I know. And she and, and Avril sort you of... you see neither of their nipples. No, you don't. But Avril's kind of like lean. So Avril and Tom, they've consummated the, yes. the lust that has been bubbling for 10 episodes. They've finally, that. you know, done it. But she's kind of on top of him. And it's that thing when a lady actor and a man actor are kind of like <laughs> chest to chest. And it's yeah. like, how far can she come up without yes. them... Exactly. Out. Uh, yes. They don't, you're right. They keep it just about the right side of the watershed. But I thought he was coming to nick the boat with them in it. So did I. And, I <laughs> or just like surprise them. It was a yeah. hilarious moment. So Tom and Avril are in bed together and we've, we established that they don't regret a thing. Tom says, I can't say that I'm sorry because I'm not. Um, even though he's married. Yeah, oh, I didn't know. I guessed that yeah, because of the way she's, he's behaving. Mm-hmm, she's single. He's totally married. But for Howard's way, sex on a boat is like the ultimate. Right, of course. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is the soap <laughs> and the boat coming together in a beautiful moment. I, would, I don't want to see them having sex, but I like the idea that we're, we're seeing... Well, well, the theme of this episode is you don't really see any of the action. No. You don't see them having sex. You don't see the explosion that happens <laughs> a minute later. It's funny that happens quite a lot in Howard's Way. You, pe- right. you see people going to and coming from things coming that have... Coming back with frizzy hair and smoke coming out of their ears. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy that was in the explosion, they rescue him, and he's just he seems unharmed apart from he just looks a bit tired. Yeah, he's, he's little child's moustache is singed. And <laughs> Blackened bum fluff. Yeah. But anyway, yes, yeah, so they're blissfully unaware of what's going on outside reclining in their glow and um, the mullet boy gets aboard the boat goes down into the engine room does something comes back up and then turns the ignition key mm-hmm. and the well and as far as we know the boat explodes so tom and avril then have to you know basically put their pants on and go and rescue yeah, him yeah exactly yeah uh, which obviously puts them in a very difficult position. It sets in motion the rest of the episode where, you know, obviously everyone else didn't know they were spending the night together. Yeah, and this yeah. is a brilliant way of everyone finding out. So can I just check how... They end up in the local paper. Well, how <laughs> more, how action-packed is this episode compared to the average episode up until now? Because it felt busy. It a was, lot happened. Sort of stuff. It was lots of stuff converging and... Yeah, I have to say this episode narratively was very, very busy. Right. They were keeping a lot of plots in the air. For, it's 50 minutes. It's really quite a feat. Yeah, this yeah. is why I like how it's ways why I'm doing this podcast it's so much better than you remember it's just it's just in, compared to I don't know an episode of Downton Abbey where I always it's always my default Downton Abbey for nothing happens oh literally where yeah, you know yeah. someone puts on a hat someone has a board meeting at hospital and a dog dies and you have end to, of episode you have to really like, really force yourself to care about the minutiae and something like Downton yeah Abbey, which I suppose this is the kind of the inheritor to the the Sunday evening crown although yeah it's, I mean there's always been period stuff which is slightly different to Abbey, yeah although it feels like a period piece now. <laughs> yeah well, it does. That's the thing. It really does. The nostalgia is really quite something. But so this dramatic rescue happens, although it's not very dramatic, because like you say, you don't you see, see a boat on fire. You don't fire. see the explosion. You don't no. see the rescue either. You no. just see a singed boy uh, <laughs> in a slightly in a boat. blackened... <laughs> By the way, I know this is... I'm going to jump to the 10-minute point here. Mm. I spent the first 10 minutes trying to work out which one was Howard. Okay. Not realising he's not called Howard, he's called Tom. Yeah, he's not like, take that. that Howard <laughs> was Tom all the way from the beginning. Yeah. So, and then I understood. I think it was a while before someone called him Mr. Howard. That's right. Okay, yes, yeah. so if you didn't right. know that, yeah, yeah, that would be very confusing. Yeah. So he, all we see is topless Tom. He's, you know, he's a bit of a stud, basically. Yeah. He's rowing topless. He's heroically bringing this boy back to shore. And Avril's phone for an ambulance. It's all fine. But meanwhile, the family are starting to realise he's not wearing should be or rather his son Leo so Leo is that sort of slightly nervous look 
looking blonde, sort yes. of 20 something, who's some very some meek and mild. We, yeah, weak young people. <laughs> yes. Strong adults throughout. Yes, it's weird, isn't it? Maybe the, that's why the, I like it. The lady goes through, is she a nursery nurse? That, that, oh, Abby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just so feeble. <laughs> yeah, the Abby and Leo. Are, but just sort no. of like the character is. No, no, they're given very little to go on, those two. Like it's a of gust like. of air. <laughs> and a small piece of lettuce yeah. blowing in the air. Yeah, they're very weak characters, unfortunately. <laughs> but they, the, the, the two actors involved do their best with them. So Leo answers the phone back at the Howard house and it's his sister, Lynn. Mm. So the beautiful blonde girl in the kind of sailing gear. She's, she's just... No, she's won what? She's just won, well, her class of yacht has, it, in the Fastnet okay. race. Yeah. The Fastnet race is a real race. It's a big, important race as it goes around past the Fastnet rock. Her team's done very well. It was a significant win because her team was all girls. Right. And they beat Anthony Head, the gold blend man's all boys boat. Oh, right. He was a real chauvinist pig and basically kidded her into thinking she was going to sail on his boat, but only because he wanted to have sex with her. Right. And then when she rejected him, he was like, we're going to beat I mean, women's like slippers. Everyone wanted to have sex with her, from what I can gather. They do, this. yeah. Everyone seems to. She's always fending off someone. Right. And yes, this episode is no different. It's non-stop. Literally non-stop. That's just her function, unfortunately, in this. So, ah, so I've missed Anthony Head. That's a shame. That was last I'm really sorry. Or? I think the end of his plot line was episode nine. Oh, I'm going to go back. I'm I know, see, now this is, no. I am the gateway drug, or I, I'm at least the gateway dealer. I give you the first episode for free and I'm going to make you buy the box set and go back and watch all of it. So Tom rescues the, the mullet bum fluff man. We don't see him again. He's done his so work. he's gone now, do you think, forever? <laughs> for, literally back? forever. He's just a MacGuffin to get Tom and Avril's affair and the open, I and think. And get them sued. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, I might be skipping too far. Ahead. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. But it's confusing because Tom looks out the window when, when he hears the boat exploding and says, oh, it's the Henderson's boat. I don't know who the Hendersons are, but no. the Hendersons, it turns out, want to sue the yard. Yeah, because the yard did the work on the boat. Supposedly did some maintenance. And they're suing it, yeah. everywhere suddenly. Because I know. Because then a, a long-lost brother turns up, he's suing for control of another... I mean, who, yeah. are these yards doing that well that everyone wants no. them? So no, it reminds me of the Queen Vic. <laughs> everyone wants control of the Queen Vic. Why? Clearly a terrible pub. But it's not making any money. <laughs> so Leo finds out his dad's not at home uh, and his uh, you know spidey sense starts to twitch. Yeah. He thinks something's up. Over at the hospital, Tom and Avril are discussing his heroics in the car park and I really liked how behind them every single car park behind them as they're talking is a mini like literally every single one <laughs> yeah. like the Italian job just stopped yeah, by yeah. behind in the background I do enjoy the old cars in Howard's <laughs> way very much did you what was your first car did you have cars when you were young at home god we never had anything new oh no never uh, we had it's an old banger isn't it Rover one of those big old Rovers yeah. that was not even fifth hand it was very yeah. old but it was great and the most exciting car was a Mazda because it had a computer a Japanese in it. car I'm with a computer air quotes wow. Computer. Someone had. This is going to tell you how good the car was. Someone had poured battery acid all over the bonnet. <laughs> I don't know why. But Someone who's crossed so with the it. bonnet was just sort of a big rusty mess in this <laughs> lovely car. And then the first day we had it, my dad crashed it into the bridge that goes into Chelmsford. Oh, you know the no. flyover you know very well. I know. It yeah. Changes way. My dad had been working in Chelmsford, and that is that's thought, a, an accident waiting yeah, to happen. So quite he frankly, thought he was he went into going to work mode, but it was six o'clock at the evening, and he crashed it into oh. the, with all of us in it on our test drive. Oh no! Of this rusty. Master, <laughs> his pride and joy smashed it up yeah oh that's so, horrible yeah I, I had a mini and that I always watch out for them I'm very fond of them my brother used to build them as well and my, I had a little mini that was sort of the colour of a tomato right. not quite orange not quite red just definitely you had to call it a tomato and they were I, I, my friend was obsessed with old minis aren't they weren't yeah. they 800 cc they weren't even yes, a litre engine yes that's right because they were, they were like so dinky size <laughs> yeah it's like driving um, a, a, a dodgem car but yeah. on the road yeah, quite yeah. frightening on a motorway yeah. but you know lots of fun anyway just go back to that phone call yes. that was made. I know it's something. I know that you want it to be real in anything you make, but she kept feeding the coins in. Yes. And I thought, right, this so is Lynn at get the hotel. The yeah. They're building up here to some important information is about to be conveyed, and the pips go. Yes. And then she's got no more change. But that didn't happen. No. She even fed it just to say goodbye. I know. Another ten pips and <laughs> to say goodbye, and it went nowhere. I was really building up. I thought it was building up something that it just did not. No, no. This, this classic Howard's way because your your modern brain is trained in drama like there are tropes that you know prefigure mm-hmm. a, a thing a set mm-hmm. piece some action and in Howard's way they almost never Forget do everything you know yeah it's it great no literally way. just start again <laughs> this I is ground zero the conversation, I mean, having been on loads of sets with actors yeah. on, sometimes actors can if they feel like being a bit bossy that day they go well the, the phone wouldn't work without 10p <laughs> and then that becomes a big deal yes, yes. and props are sent off to get some 10p and then you end up 
ruining a scene just by constantly <laughs> having to feed a meter. I could see that all, that whole conversation. Happening. Yeah, I think you're right. There was authenticity at work there because they they obviously timed how long a payphone takes to get to the next. Yeah, pit it was spot and on. just did it like however long it takes Who'd a talk. Then put in another ten p. Would be too real. <laughs> this is why I love it. <laughs> so Leo arrives. Meanwhile, he's established his dad's not home. Then just by some chance, Avril, who's been having off with his dad, mm. has given Leo a set of keys because Leo had offered to paint her hallway. Right. That's, so, why, that's why he was mm, looking around. That's why he was at Avril's, not um, because they're... The kids are doing it for themselves, the Howard kids, because they feel like they've got a bit of money. Yeah. But they're both doing quite... Well, yeah. she's waiting and he's... Yeah, decorating. Yeah, so Lynn only got a job at the yacht club because she was looking for another crew to join because Daddy sold her boat to buy into the boatyard, and she was desperate to sail. So she just said, "Right, I'm going to use what I've got." Yeah, I mean, waiting tables will get you a yacht in about fifty years. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, exactly. Unless you happen to meet a rich man at the yacht club, well, which she does twice. I know. Leo established then that Avril isn't home either, and he starts to get. I mean, Leo actually does get quite cross in this episode for a very mild man. He Mm. does heat up to yeah. boiling point later on then we meet this character called Mr Shellett now yeah, he's the, been lurking now I thought they were for a bad whole guys, episode but maybe not I, I, yeah. I didn't know if they were new when they first appeared they get their own theme tune they do or like a spy yes. action movie version variation on a theme on the theme on the Howard's Way theme which I thought was excellent it was really good Simon May really cares about sometimes he, he's completely barking mad and just puts in a, a bizarre Simon sound cue got a new keyboard for Christmas <laughs> is what that felt. It was like I this sounds those, a bit Russian. Some of those noises I had on a Casio in, in the 80s. <laughs> but there is, I've forgotten this whole incident, the Shellet incident. Mm. And I just kept hearing the music and going, is he Russian? Is he yeah, a Russian yeah. spy? Yeah, yeah. Exactly Very like you. Not. It's spy music. Actually, he's nothing quite a nervous to do with odd actor who <laughs> looks a bit like a Doctor Who villain. He's incredible. I don't know what else he was in, but he's called Oscar Quittack. Right. And he has got a unique face. A unique everything. Yes. Hair, acting style. <laughs> yes. Everything is unique. Yes, he's very internalised, isn't he, and self-contained. You don't quite know what's going on there at all. No. I suppose that's good. So this is the first time we hear his name. Someone calls him Mr Shellett. The whole of the last episode, he literally just is seen in a hotel room burning a photograph and they right. don't say anything about right. who he is. He doesn't speak. He's very sinister. They've really built him up as this sort of dark force arriving well, could, in town. I can imagine him sort of on the on the very edge of frame in the background <clears> of, yeah. a, of, of a moor and a horror Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just like silently screaming. Yeah, just you know. always being there in the corner of your eye. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a really creepy face, but he uses it to, to great effect here. And we also learn that he's got a claim against Mr. Rolf, who we know yeah. is Jack. Who um, I didn't know at that point. I had no idea who that was. But he, he's the one in rehab. We'll come to that in a well, minute. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's been in rehab for days. It's a serious alcohol problem, so he needs at least three days in rehab. Uh, anyway, we'll come to him now. So then we cut to Jack. This is the Mr. Rolf we've been talking about. Now, I thought he was in an old people's home. Yeah, it's yeah, the, it does look the like one. quaintest drying out <laughs> <laughs> the scene shown on television. It Everyone's is. playing crib and they're just sort of everyone's way over sixty. And it looks quite pleasant. It looks like a sort of the third choice B and B you'd have to go yeah. to be stuck somewhere because they missed the last train. Very brown, I- but <laughs> Not, no one looks like they've had a drink in their lives in that room. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, what's the betting? They just went to an old people's home and said, look, just, the gardens are nice. Yeah. Um, if we, just, you could all Keep stay all where fed. you are. They, yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> Give them all a cuppa. Yeah, we'll bring catering. <laughs> um, anyway, he's there because his friend Kate, who's played by the magnificent Dulcie Gray, she's actually Tom Howard's mother-in-law, if you want to keep up with who everyone is. She is being a pal to him and trying to get him on the wagon because he's drinking too much. Right. And she found him like in a heap of his own whiskey bottles, yeah. uh, having poisoned himself with too much whiskey. And she's trying to get him back on the straight and narrow um, and he's sort of making mutterings about not needing his head red but uh, clearly he's not fully committed to the, the rehab that he's been at all of like I think it yeah, was three yeah. days I've written I, I like him that's yes. what I wrote about him in my Instagram yeah. reactions I like this character yeah you'd like to go to the pub with him yeah, ironically exactly. <laughs> but, and he's the first person with some real character so far Everyone, I mean I haven't really seen anyone else yeah well, I've seen the creepy man who's <laughs> interesting but like Tom I've seen him be an action man but I've not really seen what he's up to he's got a lot of depth like I think mm. and yeah Jack's got a good backstory and the alcoholism thing it's like they try and take it seriously for a bit and then they just go nah he's, it's more fun when Jack's in the pub we won't bother yeah, yeah, but yeah. they are making some kind of effort to have a moral universe at play 
Winslow here, which I, yeah. I admired. And then we go back to Tom and Avril, who are arriving at the Mermaid Yard, where their disgruntled colleague Bill is waiting for them. A little so, bit of local flavour there. Suddenly, someone with a with an accent. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's been in Tarrant. Quite posh up until that point, I'd noticed. Yeah, the gentrified middle classes have definitely moved into Tarrant, mm. but Bill is. He's been at the Boatyard for thirty years. He's Jack's yeah. best friend. Right. Um, he doesn't doesn't like change, and uh, he hasn't really enjoyed the fact that. So Tom is a fairly new arrival to the Boatyard. He's just invested, and is starting to now call the shots, and nobody likes that. Right. No, certainly not Jack, and certainly not Bill. And they find out that uh, Avril says, "Is Dad not in yet?" Mm. And he, he's been in rehab for four days. <laughs> Has he not told you? <laughs> Clearly, he hasn't told her. And Bill is making sort of disgruntled noises about Tom, and, and then he insinuates rather spitefully that something's going on between Tom and Avril. Yeah, so they're already yeah. not really covering their tracks yeah. very well. They, to be fair, they had they did go to the middle of the sea <laughs> to have their affair. They could not have guessed that there would be an explosion that they would have to save a yeah. young boy from. I know, I know. Is he, by the way, is that young boy nicking the boat? He must be, right? He's nicking. I'm the not boat. entirely sure. I know because he's a member of the family. Is he though? Because I think at the end they say they're going to sue. I think it must be. Oh, perhaps. I think Mullet Boy never gets a full explanation. He is no. just he is just the bum fluff yeah, that, that, that exploded the, time, the boat. He yes, you're right. That <laughs> Mullet, I suggest casting was done uh, to, to make us feel I've not much sympathy for he's him. Son of the bloke that set dressed or something like yes, that. Yes, probably. Got the, I don't think he's cast row, at all. Can you row? Get in the boat. Yeah, get in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever happen on film sets? All the time. Really? Yeah. 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 <gasps> That's yeah. shocking. What about insurance? There's often insurance? members of crew in the background of stuff. Seriously? Because if, if you haven't got the money, you need to fill it up, you know. I thought they were like strict rules about people having to be equity members if they're on camera and all that I malarkey. Think in America, a bit more. In uh, okay. England, not so a much. A bit more slapdash. Anyone can be an extra. You, you, That's true. I yeah. used to be an extra years ago. You just wave the fee, I suppose, if you're already being paid far much more to yeah. carpentry or whatever. <laughs> Some crew members, it's impossible to stop them from being Really? Stuff. Yeah, they love That's it. kind of secretly why they're in the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so then we go to Ken at the Chandlery. This is the first person who I remembered. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he I, he I makes really, an impression on yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him a lot. He's a very tall man. Yeah. He, he, tall and hard slender. hard to what's going on with him for a minute. But he's very <laughs> tall, confident. Yeah. He reminds me of 80s television. Yes. But massively. Just, it's just everything. Yeah. But he, he's dressed quite casually in this scene, though. Normally we see him in, like, yeah. sort of suits. And he's got a Ken Campbell vibe about him in his performance as yeah. well. Not as manic. He's yeah. Not, but he's, I liked him a lot. And I'm sure he's in tons of stuff. He he has been. He was definitely in a Doctor Who yeah. or a Blake Seven or maybe even both. Yeah. Somebody. It was his. It was the actor Stephen Yardley. It was his birthday really recently, and I follow obviously lots of vintage TV people <laughs> on Twitter. And someone posted a brilliant photograph of him in kind of basically a foil bodysuit <laughs> in either Blake Seven. I think he was in Blake Seven. Yeah, and yeah. he looked marvelous, as you can imagine, with a physique like that, you can carry off a foil yeah. onesie. He looked very good. Anyway, so he's in the Chandlery being dead casual, and this local journalist comes in. I really like in Howard's way that obviously nobody in Tarrant in the show is a famous person. They're just not. They're just people no, yeah. but there's always a local journalist trying to get scandal on just like the people who live in Tarrant like there'll be Charles Freer the businessman will come down the steps of his mansion and there'll be a, pr- a press pack yeah, asking right. him tell me about your new investment it's like but he's no I don't understand no, he's just talking about building a new slipway <laughs> yeah really. was celebrity different then I don't know it's very I mean, confusing local, maybe local news was different but perhaps they just got the stories wherever they could I it's guess a, it's so. a period of time where local school newspapers could uncover big things yes. and the right drama <laughs> yeah in press gang yeah. <laughs> amazing show That's. I still think that's why I ended up being a journalist yeah, I think I the press gang just went in early and... you might meet Dexter Fletcher <laughs> oh god yes if only oh have you, it's have, you, easy to do. have you met Dexter Fletcher <laughs> yeah, have you met I'll probably meet him now if we <gasps> Down to the right bar. <laughs> no, don't. Because this is the thing. Again, Twitter has allowed me to find out that some of the actors in Howard's Way are, you know, they walk among us. Some of them uh, live in yeah, London. Yeah, absolutely. I genuinely yeah. think I'd just lose the plot if one of them walked near me. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't be able to speak to them. <laughs> the people that were on TV when you were a kid, they're really, really famous. Yes. Yeah. And in absolutely. a way, I suppose I've, yeah. I haven't matured past that yeah, stage. Yeah, I don't no, know. I know what you mean. <laughs> anyway, Ken is super casual. He's talking to the local journalist who's digging up some dirt on the explosion. He mentions that he can't get hold of Tom Howard or Tom doesn't seem very keen to talk yeah, about this it. this is where it starts to unravel the mm-hmm. tryst starts about to come out and obviously Ken is the worst person to get this piece of information that Tom and Avril were on the boat together first thing in the morning because he really really fancies Tom's wife yes I got and that and would love seconds. to have it that, off with I think her. that shows how good an actor is that I've come in on episode 10 yeah. and I've got it just in the eyes there his eyes are almost literally light up <laughs> when he gets this information so he's very happy and then we move on 
on to Charles Frere and Gerald, who are, as usual, emerging from Charles's yacht, which I think he's sleeping on at the moment because he's house hunting in the area. Right. And he hasn't found a mansion big enough yet. So now, he's what's just his deal? Sleeping what, on his yacht. Who is he? I guess he's the J.R. Ewing. He's the biggest businessman. He's from old money. Has he come in later into the series? Yeah, I felt, he did. I felt like he's out Ken Mastering Ken Masters. He is. Ken Masters, I suppose, was the local bigwig. He owns a few garages right. and a chandlery, nothing yeah. much. He has ambitions for more. Charles Freer swans into Tarrant on his huge motor cruiser gotcha. that he can also live on should he need to. He flies in on helicopter sometimes or comes in a Rolls Royce. He's only ever in some impressive mode of transport. Uh, yes, right. And he's got businesses all over the world, obviously spends a lot of time in London. It's decided that Tarrant is the next like market yeah. he has to break. Because <laughs> clearly it's full of people in massive houses. They're all really rich. <laughs> he wants to build a marina and Ken owns a crucial piece of land where his chandlery is based. Right. By luck, more than clever investment. So he's having to do business with Ken because he really wants to buy his land. Gotcha. So he's sucking up to him a bit, even though he can't bear him because he's just a common little oik yes. in a polo neck. And Ken has a huge chip on his shoulder about the fact that he's not from a classy background and he wants a piece of the yes, classy yes, action. Yes, yes. Charles gets off his yacht and he's talking to Gerald about how ruthless he is in business and how... Gerald will have to pretty much execute someone for him because he can't be bothered to do it himself. And then he reminds us that he's not going to negotiate with Ken Masters. He's just going to basically yeah. get him where he wants yeah. him and then get what get what he wants out of him. So Gerald is married to the flame-haired Polly, who we meet later, right, who's yes, Jan's best yes. friend. And she's always going on about how Gerald earns the money and I just spend it. But all he right, seems to I do is like... Two together, okay, yeah, that no, makes sense. They're married, lavender marriage. Yes. Gerald's gay, we found out now. Uh, um, okay. But all he seems to do is walk around after Charles with an umbrella. Like, yeah. I don't know how he makes so much money... <laughs> from that but clearly it pays really really well yeah. so cool and then these are my favourite scenes ever are when uh, normally I prefer everyone to stay in Tarrant because it's a safe place and I don't <laughs> like them to leave but when Jan goes to London she always goes to meet fashion people and go to oh, fashion shows it was shows. very exciting the good restaurant they were in there. I know I know it's thrilling um, what she ordered was quite uh, I quite like the sound of white bait veal cutlets and spinach mm. quite a rich it's, it's pretty heavy going lunch. isn't it but and she starts with a margarita yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lunchtime margarita yeah. that's a brave woman so she's in London meeting Polly um, in some sort of hotel and Polly staggers in with like seven shopping bags having yeah. clearly just spent some more of Gerald's I mean, money yeah yeah and they're talking about this French guy who uh, uh, ah, a fashion designer so, Dupont. So she's more into fashion than boats she the... doesn't give a shit about boats right. which is why perhaps her marriage has gone so horribly wrong because yeah. it's all Tom cares because about it's all boats these days I know I know so she's sitting there with her lunchtime margarita she's been on a buying trip because Ken Masters who wants into her designer pants badly um, he's decided to invest in her idea of a high-end fashion boutique. Right. So she wants to dress the good and the great of Tarrant in expensive right. fashions. And obviously has decided she needs to go to London to go and, you know, get the gen on. what to what London the... to meet a Frenchman. Absolutely. And the Frenchman is, is the Frenchest man ever and he's played by, as it turns out now, because I Googled him, this incredibly Scottish actor right. called Malcolm Jameson. Oh, he does Jameson. quite well. I yeah, no, he does a superb accent. getting ready for a terrible French accent and no, it wasn't too bad. He's very, very good. He's got the nose for it and everything. He really looks like he, <laughs> he, he, he takes a long time to smell yeah. wine. Yeah. that kind of thing um, and then Polly sits down I'm always obsessed by the drinking in Howard's Way and just the types of drinks the lack of ice all of it so Polly sits down she doesn't order and then a waiter just comes up and puts a martini down in front of her yeah. so I, you I imagine think, she's a regular yes a regular <laughs> and they know what she likes and absolutely she, she likes what she knows that doesn't make any sense it, no 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 it does it makes perfect <laughs> sense and she and she does the lovely so acting drinking talk to me about acting and drinking because she takes a sip of her drink and then goes mmm <laughs> have you ever done that in a scene um, I like this drink I'm going to mm, let me, try, let me try and act I've got nothing in my cup ok we'll just pretend that's what I would do I think. that's for a hot drink that's good ok yeah because you've got to let the steam out right you can always tell when there's nothing in the mug yes you always. can the it's impossible wrong. to act it and then Jan starts whinging about her relationship because yeah. clearly she doesn't know about Tom and Avril yet she's had her suspicions that they're eyeing each other up but she whinges about her marriage to Tom and says this is a really odd line I think Tom's not the most compatible person these days it's like right, compatible yeah, it's, what, it's like, an odd one that, yeah. it's an odd way of phrasing it we know what she means but it's a very odd way of phrasing it and she mentions that Claude is going to join them yes. for, after lunch and 
Polly waggles her eyebrows. Polly is desperate. She's having affairs all the time because well, they... She, uh, she ends the scene just by going off with some bloke yeah. who she spots. Yeah, yeah, just, I won't be coming it. home. What? That's not how it works. Well, he might be going to work. Well, I know. No, he's he's having lunch at the same restaurant and clearly that's where she, she hooks her men. Yeah. But um, she has a flat in London. She mentions it often. Mm. And her and her husband take it in turns to use the flat to right. shag their respective people. He, a man. She, right. also a man. Gotcha. So, yeah, because it's a marriage of convenience, you forget, you know, this is obviously a thing back then. This was probably the first place I encountered people hiding their gayness as well. Right. I, was, yeah, I yeah. was a kid watching this. I was 10 years old going, so, what, so he's, and obviously some of the euphemisms just went straight over oh, my head, oh. but they make it fairly obvious in, uh, yeah, in one episode. Idea, he's, not, he's not kissing and cuddling and that. As there's, no, there's no kissing and cuddling. <laughs> because that would be well pre that. I mean, 85, like, no yeah. way, no. EastEnders I, first, I was going to say, Colin in EastEnders, did he actually kiss anyone? I don't know. I can't remember if there was an actual gay kiss or they remember. just had a gay character yeah, and that was yeah. in itself groundbreaking. But that was the same year, started the same year. But this is a full-on lavender marriage. And then we, um, God, all the scenes with Abby and Leo in Southampton are so depressing. Yes. So just to give it context, <laughs> Abby has run away from home to Southampton. Oh, okay. She's post-school. She's ready to leave yes, home. Right. But she can't stand Polly and Gerald. They're her mum and dad. Right. And this lie of a marriage that they're living in. So she's run away from home and you see her hitchhiking in a scene, I think it's last week. Right. And uh, and then I looked on the map where the show is filmed, which is the Hamble River Estuary, mm-hmm. just off Southampton Water. Yeah. She's run five and a half miles away from home. <laughs> but the big city is so urban and yeah, gritty yeah, and right. all the children are just like on a tyre <laughs> swinging in a, a desolate playground. It's just a completely different world. Good playground as well. Good 80s playground. Yeah. nails and wood. Yeah. And bits of actual rusty metal. Yeah, it looks like one of those um, one of those public information films. Like something bad is going to happen with a rusty nail. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, one of the girls end up screaming and, yeah. you know, just one, one of those videos that haunts your sort of 1980s It was the most confusing memory. scene of this episode. I didn't yeah. know what was going on there with no backstory. <laughs> it's the only, everything else was fine. I could dip straight in that. I didn't know what was going yeah. on. Yeah. New it, just, character as far as I was concerned with I a know. child. So she is pregnant. Her parents don't know. Right. She went to finishing Who's school. Who's the child? Just one of the kids in the playground. Right. Just some random Oh, she kid. was just hanging around that playground. No, so, so, so <laughs> there was a most incredible scene. She's been there, again, for about, about five minutes. Everyone, right. rehab takes five minutes. Yeah. Running away from home, getting a job and a flat takes about, five no minutes. Just get on with it. So Abby <laughs> ran away. Very, very, very weak. She's very, very quiet. She <laughs> likes a lot of energy to speak when you're pregnant. <laughs> she pretty much straight away walked into an office marked social services, which right. is the bleakest looking place ever, and just said, um, well, I'd like to be useful. Can I have a job they ask her does she have independent means and she's like i was rather happy to be paid and they just say when can you start <laughs> so presumably the job that she got was i don't know hanging out with kids in a playground yeah, that's her at job the height of unemployment in 1985 exactly <laughs> but it's country down the tubes she just, wa- <laughs> just wanders wa- in just and- walked in yeah uh, and and it's important that she's around children because eventually we see in this episode that being around children has changed her mind even though she's really very heavily pregnant she's still thinking about aborting her baby Um, and they had a big conversation about abortion last week so she's left it really bloody late like it would be I'm just logistically don't (laughs) don't do it and a doctor says as much in uh, in last week's episode but it takes her being around children to decide that maybe she'd quite like one after all I mean that's very much a soap trope that isn't it seeing a baby just on the tube or something yeah brings out the maternal on the way to the, the abortion clinic seeing yes a mother care or something <laughs> seeing a mother care or like a tiny baby yeah, animal yeah, or something yeah. yeah so clearly the hormones have kicked in but I really like um, the two things in this scene are absolutely staggering <laughs> one is Genuinely, I've been watching Howard's Way a lot, as you know. <laughs> this is the first time in 10 episodes that Abby gets to smile. She has oh, really? not smiled. And yeah. this is a genuine face cracking. She's looking at the kids and she smiles. Yeah. And that's that's big news for her. So she gets to change her performance she to smile, a different setting. In all of the wrong directions for things. Yeah, that's good. I, I think she's confused about what's happening to her <laughs> face. She's like, what's, what's going on? It's very odd. And the second thing that happens is obviously in this gritty urban playground with all these very poor children, there's a bit of, uh, a bit of ad-libbing business at the end of the scene as it's fading out <laughs> and um, one of the little girls goes to Abby oh are you wearing ballet shoes and Abby goes yes do you like them and the little girl says I go to ballet yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, shut up Jocasta nice. <laughs> you're supposed to be Debbie from the estate <laughs> that's quite a common thing I mean whenever there's a child involved they don't have the time or, no. you always just go I've done Brit, and they just sort of say something <laughs> the person in character yeah. has to then go, improvise yeah, yeah I know if they're supposed to be cross they go I know or they'll go yeah yeah that's good or if they're crying, they go, yeah, that's right. But they can't just ignore a child. No. It would be cruel. No. 
<laughs> so I like I just like the little stage school <laughs> breaking the fourth wall there. <laughs> and then meanwhile, this journalist from the local paper who won't give up, he's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, he goes and visits Leo. Yeah, well, he knocks on Avril's door, hoping to find Avril mm. to get the hot scoop about her hot affair and subsequent rescue. And he gets Leo instead. And so this kind of confirms everything for Leo. And he's devastated. He's devastated on two counts. One, the grown up children in this get very upset when their parents aren't getting on. Like they're literally like in the corner, mummy, daddy, no, when, yeah, when yeah. mummy and daddy are fighting. He's devastated because his mum and dad clearly there's no way back now because mm. his dad's having it off with Avril. And two, because he also had the horn for her. Well, himself. yes, yes, exactly. Um, yes, I think he's more upset about that than probably, the rest of it. Well, as we see later. But he only ever expressed it so mildly. Like yeah. he didn't really, she kind of had the it's idea like that like he a might. Big child doesn't understand no. these feelings that are going on. No, like, not at all. 25, mate. <laughs> He is very, very young in this, isn't he? <laughs> then we're whisked back to London, the glamour of London. Oh, yeah. And Claude Dupont arrives at the uh, at the restaurant and Polly basically slides off her seat yes. with lust. Yeah. And then thinking she's doing Jan a favour, excuses herself yeah. so that Jan can commit adultery with this yeah, like, hot he, that's Frenchman. that's what she would do. <laughs> and she goes off to commit adultery with whoever yeah, it is that she's instant, spotted. Instant adultery there. Yeah, but I think now we know that she's living a lie with Gerald. We kind of slightly yeah, forgive her for it. It's fine. Yeah. He's doing it, she's doing it, everyone's happy. <laughs> Well, apart from Abby. So then we cut to Kate on the phone. Now, this is, she's talked about liking horses before. This is Dulcie Gray's character, the kind of the the gorgeous, glamorous older lady who's Jan's mother. She really likes the horses. This is, I I can't help but feel prefiguring some kind of gambling storyline. She wants 14s. (laughs) She does. And they've only got 12s, Tony. So She gets 14s. Don't know what that means. All bookies do that. (laughs) Just put the odds up because you say you want them. Was that not authentic? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I don't know. In those days, I think he would be fine because she only bets a five each yeah, way but you know five each way though as you say then isn't a mm, small amount of money no no it's no. more I don't know what you could get for a five back then presumably like I don't know a bag of shopping is it that scene in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where the, the world's about to be destroyed by the Vogon constructive fleet and Arthur and Ford go into the pub and buy is it like um, four pints and two packets of crisps yes, or something yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he says a fiver and, and Arthur says keep the change he's like oh seriously thanks mate like, the, the barman's <laughs> yeah. really pleased well, similarly in uh, with Nell and I the amount of booze oh, yeah. they get from these pounds oh. Notes is extraordinary. I know, I know. Is it a pair of blues? Pair of yeah, and a load of cider and <laughs> yeah, ice and double cider. chasers, mm-hmm. and it's all done with the quadruple whiskies, yeah, and loads of change, and then another round. I think <laughs> <laughs> the old days just look so much more fun. But obviously now we have to drinking is bad. Uh, back to rehab. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where, where I mean, Jack, he's having a whale of a time. <laughs> he's having a great time. He's flirting with all the ladies and cracking yeah. jokes. Um, he meets this counselor called Louise Silverton, who tells him that he really ought to come to group therapy. So he's like, okay. But you can tell he's losing interest. Some of the scenes in this are so incredibly short because we're just galloping through the plot. there's a lot happening. I felt a lot was happening. I didn't think that was the usual. No, you can't get bored watching Howard's Way. Where is this in in a series arc? Is this... So this is the first ever series, and it's ten episodes into a thirteen-part series. Oh, right. So yeah, no wonder so it's we're up. pretty okay. established. You know, we're, yeah, we're galloping towards the big finish. Mm. Although you know, th- this series does end on a cliffhanger, but they don't. It's not like they land a plane on Tarrant or right, right. you know, a volcano erupts underneath no, the boatyard. You it's, wouldn't see it anyway; it'd just be someone describing it. Exactly. The budget is all spent on the clothes. They don't. They can't do explosions. Yeah, extraordinary clothes, Claude. Especially, I know. I love, love these three-piece suits. Oh, God, nice. he's a very stylish man. Uh, anyway, back at home, Tom arrives, guilty as hell, clearly. And Kate, his mother-in-law, is there. She's preparing for Lynn's triumphant return from winning mm. her class at the Fastnet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she can't win the whole race. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. They're planning a big party for her. The Howard's Way sense of time is always very confusing because it's, it's mostly daylight. There's not very much night shooting. <laughs> They're indoors, obviously. The sets are in Pebble Mill. The, the right. location's on the south coast. Yeah. So the lighting is always, it could be any time yeah, of day. yeah. yeah. But Kate's put this big buffet out and it looks to me like it's about, I don't know, two, three yeah, in the about, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And she mentions that, that Lynn will be home at 8 p.m. Yeah. So these chicken legs are just going to sit there for like six hours. <laughs> just also, don't, that, don't really that fancy buffet it. buffet reminded me of every buffet I ate as a child. Yeah, so yellow. Yellowy, brown, beige. Sea of it with some sort of chicken in the middle. Yeah, yeah and the celery sticks in a pint glass that no one no will one ever eat. No, They'll look pretty, but yeah. not going to get eaten. Yeah, some dip <laughs> that no one really knows what it is yet because we don't know the word hummus. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> in fact, there was a really long scene in last 
last week's episode where Kate, who's, you know, for an older lady, this is quite forward thinking of her, she gets some dip for when her her daughter comes around for lunch. Right. And there's quite a long scene where Jan is dipping things yeah, and going, yeah. this is absolutely delicious. Yeah, you are clever. And she mentioned thing. she's bought it from the local deli. Um, I've watched this show for way too long. <laughs> so there's a bit of business getting the party ready. And then we see Ken, the cat that's about to get the cream. Yeah, yeah. He takes the trouble to go to Southampton train station to meet Jan off the train. Mm-hmm. He can't wait to tell yeah. her that her husband's been up Avril Road. I think he should play it a bit cooler. If I if, yeah. if I were to advise him... What uh, would you say? Like, down, the, say, down the jolly sailor for a drink. Come on. Like, it's all a bit too obvious, mate. <laughs> he's, he's wearing it like a, like a T-shirt, really, with a big logo on going, I fancy you. So, yeah, he goes to pick her up and he says something really obnoxious about, uh, we'll stop for a drink on the way. After what I'm going to tell yeah, you, yeah, you'll yeah. need it. So looking forward to his moment. <laughs> and then uh, Avril is writing Leo a check, apparently unable to detect that he's a, he's a volcano about to explode <laughs> all over her newly painted living room. And he shouts at her after he uh, announces that he's actually not doesn't want her money. and He's very cross with her yeah. indeed. He shouts at her and then trails off. I thought that you and I. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. She did, clearly didn't have that in <laughs> any part of her thoughts. No. It wasn't then, there at all. Then like you said, he's a five-year-old child. Yeah. Like he just sat there thinking it, hoping yeah, that she'd yeah, pick right, up right, his yeah. thought race. I like I used to do when I watched Howard's Way and I would like send thoughts to the TV. Yes. Tom never heard them though. <laughs> Sad but true. So it's awful. He's really angry with her. He unleashes all of his fury at her. Yeah. And then... And get the full weight of blame on her as far as he's completely, concerned at that point. Nothing... It's always the woman's fault. Yeah, absolutely. And he calls her for going after a married man as he puts it. Yep. Damn well nothing. Yes. Which is a bit bloody strong for I him. think but he doesn't he doesn't use well, that language lightly no. I mean you know that would have taken a lot of his precious life force to, <laughs> to, to get so cross he probably had to go and lie down after that he just looks like he has little energy doesn't yeah. he as I say everyone under apart from uh, the name I'm going to forget the Howard's daughter oh Lynn yeah they're all, the all of the younger people even <laughs> the moustache child moustache boy all seem a little bit undernourished yeah they're something. a bit maybe they just don't get outside yeah, enough no in the sunshine she's out sailing She's full of it indeed. She's all right. Anyway, so we're setting up, well, rather, we're setting a course for the big explosion at Lynn's party. So Lynn is home. She always, I think this happens to her quite a lot. She comes home looking forward to a lovely dinner and then her mum and dad just row and ruin it all. So she's coming home expecting, you know, the red carpet. Leo is heading home furious. Jan is on her way home. We know she'll have by then spoken to Ken and found out what he's got to tell her. And Tom is there unaware that all of these. Torpedoes are heading towards him. (laughs) Yeah, he's in big trouble. Um, He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he's a bit of a dick. He's just behaved like an absolute bell. I mean, he doesn't seem that. I mean, it all comes out very soon. He's a bit and resigned, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he's just done it, and he d- he's sort of got no real excuse. Well, he mentions when he talks to Jan mm-hmm. in a minute, which we'll come to, when they uh, they go and sit in the Laura Ashley window seat in their bedroom where they have all their worst rows. <laughs> he just sort of says, oh, we've been off course for months or maybe even years. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you which bloody say something? I noticed in the actual show. Yeah. That was clear. That was very clearly supposed to be yeah. off course. It's true. Their relationship is discussed almost entirely in boat terms. <laughs> so they're either, drifting apart or they're off course yeah and this is the trope they come back to fairly often so anyway it's time to detonate the truth bomb Jan arrives back sends her mother out of the room Mm -hmm. says there isn't going to be any party and says to Tom you know after 20 years of marriage have you got nothing to say to me and he kind of turns away there's a lovely sort of like a repertory theatre slightly old fashioned thing where when two people are arguing there's a turn he puts something down on a table and then you get to see his face yeah it's basically not enough cameras or time or money <laughs> to do two shots. There you go. See, I knew there was an industry reason for this. It's, they do that a lot in film noir. Oh, yeah. And that's why they invented the lens that keeps people in focus oh. for film noir. That's where oh. all innovation comes from film noir. Is that like deep focus, that thing they did in Citizen Kane? Or is that different? Mm, I think that's different because oh, okay. it, that wouldn't keep both... No, I suppose it wouldn't. Would yeah, it? I don't yeah, even know yeah, how yeah, it yeah. works. It's yeah, genius. Yeah. And then, yeah, all the things like that are invented for those low-budget films. Yeah. It's basically time. You go, well, well if we can get you both looking this way, we don't have to turn around. Yeah, that's move a really good fact. That's no, a technical thing. Long... You turn around a set to film the other way. So you get the reverse shot. Yeah. yeah, that must add days to filming. Okay, so we're learning something. We're talking just about how it's way. We're learning about the movie business. That's why they do it. If it's multi-camera, if mm. it's like a play for today, like the old shows, it's all done like that. It's all played out like oh, it is an actual play. Yeah. Z cars would have been like that when it was live. Yeah. Because it's just got four cameras pointing at yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. The idea they used to do those shows yeah. live is just absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. So... 
there's a big row between Tom and Jan. She storms upstairs, ready for her scene in the window seat, and just completely ignores her daughter, who just won the fucking Fastnet race. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Mum? And she doesn't even say, not now, darling. I'm really upset about your dad having an affair with that woman. She ignores her, which I think is terribly rude. Um, and anyway. no one knows about the party apart from Grandma. I know, really. I She's know. just done that quietly on her own. So none and that buffet just congealing. Slowly going bad. Ooh. It just, it just adds to the pathos of what's going on, doesn't it? Yeah, so then Jan and Tom, she physically, like, it's like a puppet with the strings cut. Her body is just, like, yeah, bent forward in agony. Really she's, no, she's the acting is terrific. Mm. She's obviously in almost in physical pain. The two of them have been flirting with other people, but she, I don't think she would have ever done anything. No. And no. he suggests that not only has their marriage been off course for years, which shocks her, He's I think. docked somewhere else. <laughs> He's literally been docking. <laughs> nice one, Tone. Yeah, not only is that the case, but he doesn't really I mean he does see that he's done something wrong but he suggests that she'd probably have done it with and she's just yeah. adamant she wouldn't have done yeah, yeah. so I, I really feel for her in this scene I think Tom is being a he's, real yeah, wang he's, he's being a shit in this a scene. complete shit and you know he's not he's a shit he's a nice guy he's trying to blame the situation yeah. on what he's done yeah he's definitely he's using, the one in the wrong yeah. here but you know doesn't seem to want to admit it and he says of course and she says no it's not of course it's bloody well over <laughs> and she's just in tears so that's kind of it for the, the Howard's marriage we, 10 episodes we've been waiting for them to kind of go food yeah, right. and mushroom cloud they've actually done it so um, you know I don't imagine it's the end yet though well I mean no obviously it'll take them months to sort it all out but this is definitely a significant marker a yeah. mile marker yeah. a boy in the race of them stop yeah, it stop yeah. it stop it um, so marriage over Leo is then poor Leo he's wandering he's wandering lonely as a cloud by contemplation point there's a where often Leo but sometimes Tom or Avril they'll go to think yeah there's <laughs> there's some ground with not much and then maybe a bit of water for them to stare yeah. out across yeah. so there's also um, <clears throat> contemplation cops as well if they want to be a oh, bit okay. more tree yeah, yeah. tree oriented it's a bit breezy that day yeah that's exactly so obviously he doesn't do anything in that scene he just wanders around looking really sad so the next time we see Tom he's round at Avril's draining oh, yeah, glass of red it. yeah he's, he's moved right. on right so he's... you've gone straight round to your mistress's yeah. house and now it says he's moving out presumably to live on his boat right? not his boat anymore it's Avril's boat that's a bit of an odd one you've really upset your wife by shagging someone so she chucks you out and you go around to see yeah, women really shagging there. perfect and obviously Avril's all kind of regretful but you know neither of them I, I think this is probably the start of something for yes, two of them yes you get the feeling that they're both not unhappy about it no no exactly maybe slightly annoyed at how it all came out the way it happened but not, perhaps not the fact that <coughs> yeah. it did exactly and then we cut back to the Howard house where Lynn is hugging a scatter cushion with scalloped edges the empty party just of the Oh, just no, lying no, around no. her. Well, I just you know, there's so many the home furnishings, Do you get the, feeling the fashion. She's attacked the food herself. <laughs> Possibly, I sort of fucking would. Yeah, like, get me a chicken leg. Give me all of that dip. Yeah, and her dad did buy a lot of wine for the party. I'd be like yeah, several bottles gone. in by yeah. now for sure. Um, and then Leo comes in. They briefly row, and he storms out again. Jan by this time has changed into her mushroom silken pajamas, <laughs> and is leaning on a wall in the bathroom. I think has, in her silken she pajamas. She has a lot of costume changes in this. She does. Episode. Well, she. Is the fashion plate yeah, of right. way. In the interviews I've read with her, I've, I've read extensive interviews and a book indeed. It's a very good book if you're interested. It's on eBay. Behind the scenes on Howard's Way and the right. money they spent on costumes, like I, proper designer fashions. Well, they, just, they don't look that awful in this. No, they no, look no. Kind of, they don't They're look, expensive, that's yeah, why. Yeah, it's proper stuff. But she's changed into tasteful pyjamas and she's sort of sulking and Lynn comes up to talk to her. And Lynn, is, who's always been a bit of a daddy's girl, sides with her mum right. and kind of says, I don't think I can forgive him. You know, he's but ruined she everything. Knows men shits well she's, she's found that out she's, down in she's Portsmouth gonna, well <laughs> I, quite so she's going to find it out again soon <laughs> so we cut to the office the next day Ken is one finger typing at Jan's desk presumably Jan normally does his typing he's like right. trying to demonstrate that he really is a man and can't jolly well type and <laughs> somebody else better come and take over and when Jan comes in, she's curiously breezy and kind of trying to pretend that everything's okay. Yes, he knows, he can see. Well, he did it, didn't he? Yeah. He certainly didn't help. <laughs> and uh, Ken tries to look sad for her when yeah. she says that her marriage is imploded and her husband's moving out. And then in the meantime, yeah, this is a bit of a curveball. The police visit the boatyard yeah. and uh, basically drop the bomb about uh, it's Jack's negligence, probably because he's been drunk for like 48 years. Yes. He may have booked in a boat for repairs or it was a complete service, wasn't it? And then just didn't do it. Didn't it, yeah. And that's why it exploded because boats explode if you don't, you know, that's check what them. Happens. <laughs> have you ever been on a boat? Um, define being on, like not just a ferry. Like, have you ever been on a like a motorboat or a? 
sailing boat. Or... Uh, yeah, a bit. I did film on a weird pirate. I oh. went in Grand Canaria and the Canary Islands. Oh yeah, what you 11, in? A... I oh, went on God. this pirate boat, and then two years ago, I went on the same pirate boat. Seriously, <laughs> but we went out to sea to film because you can't have anything. What in the were background. you filming both times? Uh, it was a show called Sun Trap, a BBC One comedy drama. Okay, didn't come back, but we were filming that for three days. Everyone oh. got really not seasick, but sea leg. So how long are you out at a time when you're filming? All day. Just it was literally day, day filming. So we went out at like, when it was still dark, came back as the sun was going down. Oh my gosh. Ate out there, everything. And it was weird. It Is was it really strange? weird? Because you just, you, I still felt like I was at sea for about three weeks after. Really? And everyone did. Because <gasps> it wasn't meant to go out that far, this boat. It was really choppy. Was oh no. All over the place. But oh. yes, so yes. That's, Were you frightened? No, not. it wasn't like that. Okay. It was just... You didn't really realise there was something odd going on until you, the second you stepped off and you go, oh, uh, Christ, I'm not going to get sleeped. And- it is weird. You're, the whole thing about sea legs, it's definitely no. you have to get your sea legs and then get yeah, your land yeah, legs back yeah. when you come back to shore. It's very strange, isn't it? I quite like being out at sea. I, yeah. Um, I, I, think I think I'm I, designed for it. My dad you- always said we're designed for the sea because me and him both have short legs and long bodies, <laughs> which is like Popeye. Got, I think it's good. Low centre of gravity is quite... <laughs> We're built to be at sea. And you eat, you eat spinach out of a tin just yeah, by squeezing exactly. the tin. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm just imagining you now on the deck of a boat. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would suit you. So we, we go back to... I'm getting a bit fed up with Jack being at therapy now, so it's lucky he doesn't stick it much longer. Yeah. Um, he's back in group therapy. He won't take it seriously. He's, he's showing off. He's doing a routine. I really noted the man sat to his left... Who's far too much in the shot. Yeah. He's got a really neat white moustache, oh. head and glasses. He just looks at him for the whole thing. <laughs> so intently. He's not following the conversation. He's looking at him because I think he might have seen him off the telly. Yeah. I think he might be one of the people from the old people say. Yeah, exactly. He just said, do you want to yeah, be, in, yeah. be on, yeah. on camera? And he also looks like he's never had a drink <laughs> at all in his life. He, he looks like he's maybe had a couple of sherries at Christmas. Did you want like some, just some reddened noses? Yeah, just something. something anything something to... sick. <laughs> looking a bit tired, perhaps. And then we see Abby and Leo they're going walking somewhere rather uncharacteristically rural because they're mm. obviously they're in an urban yeah. setting all of the time but they're walking over some sort of hillocks or something and she basically tells him she's probably not going to have an abortion and he doesn't react because he's too yeah. miserable she, about his dad but she's so softly spoken I didn't even really catch what she was saying I'm not joking I didn't really get that it that's what fluttered was away said, on the really breeze did. then Ken Masters is uh, having a lunch meeting with Charles oh, they yeah. have so many meetings nothing yeah. gets done and there's a lot of um, um, a, a weeing contest over the wine. Yes, test. absolutely. There's a constant battle for supremacy. Obviously, Ken never comes Those out wines on top. didn't sound that posh. <laughs> it didn't. Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> well, that you can get that in Tesco's. Yeah. But, but then, but yeah. you couldn't get it in Tesco's. And so, also, you know. that led somewhere I didn't expect it to go. I thought he was trying to stick him with an expensive bottle. Yes. But it didn't actually play out that way. I think no. it was just to undermine him and say, this is a better... I own it's, the vineyard. It's so he could say, way, I've got yeah. shares in the vineyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, he did that in front of Lynn, who'd never met him yes. formally before. Yes. And we now realise that probably it was slightly for her benefit yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. All of the men in this stand too close to her. Well, in previous episodes, she physically just people like grabbing parts of her. <laughs> it's really quite alarming. But that was the 80s for you. Well, things are changing now. Me too. Time's up. <laughs> I feel so sorry for Lynn almost all the time in this. It's constant. She takes their order at Charles having crushed... Ken with his wine knowledge <laughs> and Ken looks completely out of his depth and then Kate arrives at rehab and Jack's reading Camera Weekly now is that one of those photography magazines that might have pretty ladies in it oh maybe yeah remember yeah. I used to do a paper round if ever I right. saw like a photography magazine I used to think I wonder if that's you know ones yeah, with yeah. like nudie ladies in yeah. there, there was always one that was a way of legitimately looking at naked tits <laughs> right yeah Health and Efficiency was the most famous one. Oh, Health and Efficiency that's, okay. that's the one that I, I'm long before our time I think <laughs> Like yes, we're very young, Tony. <laughs> she insists he goes for a walk with her, he protests. But before they go, she gives him his post, which is an odd thing to do to someone in rehab. <laughs> Surely you're supposed to be cut off from the yeah, outside world. Let's be honest, he's not in rehab, as <laughs> we know He's at an old people's he's home. He's in an old people's home. <laughs> Just a bit before his time. So told him it's rehab. And then he opens a letter, and it's from a solicitor announcing that his brother-in-law, who he says has been dead for 25, 25 years, years, has now yeah. laying claim to the boatyard. So he immediately then is like, rehab is finished I'm going back the yard is in trouble the yard needs him and he's going to go and jolly well sort it out and then we cut to a lovely scene of um, this is the first actual boat building scene that's ever been in Houseway again 10 episodes in I was, I've written this, here I've actually written here there's far less boats <laughs> than I remembered do you know a lot of people have said that a lot of my <laughs> podcast guests have said um, I thought 
thought they'd be more, um, you know, boats. You, you get some episodes, you get lots. Some episodes, right, you get none. Enough. But so this is an actual, it's a, the upturned wooden, it's rather beautiful. It's sort of a half-built hull mm. of a boat because they're finally building the prototype of Tom's new design. I wondered about this project. The Barracuda, right, yeah. which will have presumably a wooden hull but fiberglass exterior because it had to no. be a compromise, you know. Right. It's a new thing in the boating world. Well, I mean, it's it's new to the mermaid boatyard, certainly, right. Tony, yes. What do they normally use? Don't know. Jack's obsessed with wood. He's it. going back to sort of the 17th century with his boat building practices. It's interesting you should say that. things than wood for a long time. Well, I know. But the mermaid boatyard is actually the elephant boatyard. And apparently there's been a boatyard on that site for 800 years oh, or something. Right, okay. And it's thought that that's where Henry VIII's fleet was built. Right. So, you know, clearly these... I would say a bit of... I know a bit about Henry VIII's fleet. I would Do you? A bit of it was built. Do you reckon? I reckon they would have done it all Oh, you're there. a historian, are you? There would, you know bit, there, would have been, there would have been a bit all over the truck. Okay. But, yeah, some of his boats might have been made there. Anyway, I'm happy with that. Just the idea that they might they have been made did. there. If it was around at that point, it's likely that... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's a long history of boat building in real life as well as... So the, the the wood thing is clearly just Jack not wanting to relinquish the old ways. Yeah. And Tom is I'm just, representing well, I'm just putting you. out that the old ways he's talking about are about 500 yeah. years old, not they are. from yeah. his youth. Yeah, yeah, he's not prepared to change yet. He's still just yeah. going to hang on for a couple yeah. more years. Uh, so we, we actually see Tom running his fingers lovingly over the hull of his yeah. beloved. This is, the, this is the second boat he's actually designed. <clears throat> he, d- he also designed the flying fish, which he built himself. Has he gone mad? Is he having a crisis? This is like, definitely this is his midlife thing, I yeah, think. Yeah, and mm. so instead of buying a motorbike or yeah. well, he's having an affair, now but he's mm. he's bought a boatyard he bought has bought it he's bought into a boatyard so he can make toys he, for himself because I, I have no memory of how this all starts before this show starts yeah had he had anything to do with boats before that well so as a hobby he designed and built his own so boat it's not that mad that he's it's not mad because he's actually an aircraft designer so he right. was working for a large aeronautics firm on the right, south coast right. uh designing planes not right. wooden ones though that would be ridiculous yeah yes is now clearly transferring his skills to gotcha. Right. other vessels Tom running his fingers over the hull of a wooden boat for me was quite um, was quite an erotic moment <laughs> I played it back twice uh, and then <laughs> and then in contrast as if just to hammer home the point that they're going separate ways then we see Jan running her fingers across some Destroying fashion designs that's what they should <laughs> yeah. Jan kicking with a, boat. a hammer that would have been great actually that <laughs> would have been on the nose maybe <laughs> no I don't know I think that would have been quite cathartic yeah because it's Avril's boatyard too and she's pretty yeah. cross with Avril right. so she's going through some fashion designs because she's you know getting ready for her boutique over Opening. And Ken, again, not being very cool mm-hmm. or subtle, Ken then invites her for dinner, mm-hmm. seeing an opening. It's like, yeah, yeah your marriage has been over for 15 a minutes. very long boozy lunch now. What is yeah. it? Looking forward to dinner. Yeah. Most people who do business in Howard's Way do like sort of yacht club for lunch, yeah. Caspers for dinner. It's just a constant the stream. Of... brought back into the room after that very. <laughs> I mean, she's been up in London having cutlets. I know. Well. And margaritas. Already. I don't They're all shit faced and bilious. Yeah. <laughs> almost all the time so Ken invites Jan for dinner and um, she mentions to him that she wants to watch Charles Freer because he's quite a smooth operator and he doesn't always go by the book I mean, like so a little bit of a long hand way they, of saying when they wrote the character down for the casting it's like they took that and just put that into dialogue yeah. I think that was I mean I'm a great advocate of the Scripton House way but that was really clunky they could have probably had another pass on that and then Claude Claude rings the office and obviously Ken immediately senses you know yeah. Threat. Frenchman. French threat from across the channel. <laughs> and I can't compete against that. <laughs> yeah, he's French. I'm only this guy. <laughs> and he deliberately mispronounces Claude or Claude. something. Claude. Yeah. Claude. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jan lights up at this and yeah. uh, and agrees to go to Cannes to visit him. Which is, is that fashion? She, he just lives in Cannes. I so think I, he just is based there. Okay, because yeah. I thought that she was saying Cannes, like that was where you went, because I didn't think it was a fashion. Yeah, place, it sounds glamorous, doesn't it? I mean, that's yeah. obviously, I'm presuming the film festival must have been a thing. It's it's too. yachty, she, it's film festival I know. But obviously it's going to be a place where Howard's Way is about trying. I mean, they don't always, yeah. but they're trying to bring with her fashion storylines and glamour. Yeah. And if send you it to Cannes. Yeah, if you see her in Cannes, because mm. it is quite yacht-based, you yeah. could probably film it where they film all of the other <laughs> Exactly. Stuff as well. If you, you just, like, boost the saturation, yeah. try and make it look a bit sunnier. I did notice that it actually yeah. did look quite sunny, the location stuff. British TV always suffers from I know. that kind of... It doesn't always, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah sometimes they get lucky with the weather sometimes not so much. I always noticed that on um, Death in Paradise oh yeah because yeah, they film out of season on that apparently so it can look really good. it can be a bit dicey they're all wearing shorts and, <laughs> yeah. and 
and go, oh, it's so hot. It doesn't look it. it have like you done it. a Death in Paradise yet? No, I've been it promised can only be by a matter several of time, people right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's the best gig ever. <sighs> well, it just sounds lovely. If you're lovely. the one that gets killed, it is genuinely the best oh, gig Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could I be the first victim, please? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you're on, where is it? St. Marie is the name of the island in the show. Yeah, where um, is it in it is, Guadeloupe? Yeah, it? Guadeloupe, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you film for two weeks. Oh, and if you die, you film for one day. But you're there for two weeks. You still have to stay there. You don't fly back. That's I think they pick bits up. There's always flashbacks and stuff. What a gig. Yeah. It's TV like this. I do get, I get really, I sort of start banging my notebook. I'm always more impressed when someone either with a daytime budget or a BBC tea time budget yeah, can, yeah. can do something that so broadly appeals to people. This got like 12 million viewers an episode. Yeah, right. Really right. popular. Death in Paradise for me is that kind of the modern equivalent now. There's some great stuff on uh, during the day on BBC One. There's yeah. One, I've not seen much of it, but with uh, Mark Benton. Oh, the, is it Thingy and Hathaway, Shakespeare and it Hathaway. Like it's it brilliant. Could be on in the evening. It's really good. There was a brilliant one as well. Last year, sadly, they didn't get another series, which I'm really annoyed about, called The Coroner, oh, which yeah, was Claire Goose down in yeah, I think Devon yeah, or somewhere yeah. or Cornwall. And it was brilliant. They created this little world, really good characters. Well, it, it looks like they spent a little bit of money on it as well. Yeah. Like this, the, the Mark Williams uh, priesty. Oh, yeah, Father Brown. Father Brown as well. Again, yeah. brilliant. And they don't right. get very much attention because they're on daytime. They're thought to be a little I mean, bit they do quite lesser, well, but they're not. Wise. Yeah, I think they do. At home. Absolutely. Sort of God, if I could take the time of, I'd be watching I, them all the time. I basically turned down jobs just to do I know I want to be a student again <laughs> they, they don't know how good they've got it now all I have is neighbours I mean I loved neighbours but I didn't have much other choice um, anyway Lynn arrives home uh, from somewhere she's been to find that their is it their conservatory is f- simply full of flowers um, and she picks up the card and phones the number and then we cut to Charles Freer picking up his ringing phone yeah. and he basically just tells her she's meeting him for dinner yeah yeah bit of an arrogant sort so, yeah this is this is very quick succession she has been set upon by three different men in this episode I know it depends if you count the one before and he's barely said hello no she has no idea and he's like come over to my yacht she just had to sit there not looking bored while he went on about the wine I know I know when they order that wine they've got two drinks on the go yeah they're not sitting at a dinner table Mm-mm. but she's coming to it's not good form oh, now, for so, the waiter well actually this is the form at the yacht club generally tends to be is you never see the room where oh no you do see the room where they dine sometimes I think but they're all sitting on this like rather un- unsightly pink upholstery in the kind of lounge right. area yeah, yeah. in this club the menus are brought to you in the oh. lounge area you select whatever I don't know if they order food there as well and then they always there's always a point where they're usually where someone says shall we move through right, to the okay, uh, I see. yeah so I think it's like a, you can you can relax with a drink until right, your table is yeah. ready of course it's a club as well it's not a it's a classy so establishment you, yeah. you also just haven't been to many yacht clubs <laughs> that's how things are done there so she plays hard to get for like 60 seconds yeah. and then just goes yeah alright I'll meet you for dinner fine yeah. on your you yacht you know why she plays hard to get because she she's clearly intrigued she is and she sort of says no yeah and she says yes because she doesn't want to appear to be one of those girls I suppose and she gets convinced by a chef he's flown in from somewhere that's right from Vienna or Geneva I didn't on his yacht yeah, like so he's going to come to Charles's yacht in Tarrant to cook two people. Man. And he's very, he just clicks his fingers and this shit just happens. <laughs> and then as he hangs up the phone, Shellett, the man who's going to try and steal the boatyard from his former brother-in-law, arrives for a meeting with Charles Freer. So clearly yeah. he's pulling the strings behind the scenes oh, yeah. to get, yeah, I think he wants the land the mermaid boatyard is built on. Yeah. Yeah, with all its history, he doesn't he's give a shit a about it. And somehow dug into it. Yeah. Long dead man that's not dead. <laughs> yes. I mean, is it maybe maybe he's just an actor playing the guy? Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Can we'll find remember, out. Can you, how far forward can you remember? I can't remember. I think it really is the brother in law. Mm. I don't want to spoil it anyway. I'm trying to do this like I'm just watching yeah, it the first yeah, time. Yeah. It's just, it's the biggest thrill. Um, anyway, the episode ends on a pure Mr. Burns moment. And actually, Shellett does look like Mr. Burns, which is quite funny. All over it down here is very odd man. There's a, such an odd, everything he does is, if it's a choice, it's genius. If yeah. it's just what happens, I don't know what happened. I think he's a great actor. Yeah, no, I think you're probably Oscar right. Quintac. Or the, uh, sorry, no, Quintac, sorry. Quintac. I don't know where that surname's from but he has the most incredible features he says to Charles everything has been put into effect in a kind of slightly witchy way and then Charles just says excellent (laughs) and goes to sip his tumbler cue titles (laughs) end credits music is so Mm. jaunty I was not expecting that it is it is normally it's more the end credits are more low key than the opening well I know with most drama so 
they couldn't dramas. they clearly couldn't decide what to do so in this first series you get this piece of music Barracuda which is mm. named after the boat in the show that will be that's about that's being built right now right. and Simon May uses it for the end credits and it kind of works on some episodes and then like you said other episodes it's yeah. like oh that's a bit yeah, yeah. confusing and sometimes it's brilliantly segued from like a lovely romantic strings and it, go, it cuts straight into and it's just masterful yeah, but yeah. I think in the second series or maybe the third series I forget which now the Marty Webb version was brought out as a single where she sings the lyrics to a slower right. version and they used that at the, as the closing credits and it was a bit too flat I, I think no memory of Marty so Webb I think, doing a oh, yes. version <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that this podcast is called Always There yeah, the right. single was called Always oh, There right. yeah okay. yeah yeah so this is what it was based on so they used that for a bit and I think they might have returned to this jaunty Barracuda version for later series because right. they realise actually it's the best it's thing we've got it's a great bit of music it just was oh, slightly inappropriate at the end <laughs> I know I know it just cuts to, in you there you wanted to cut to that bit of music they had earlier for, they, that, every guy that time that guy appears yeah. they should have that sort of spy version of the Howard's Way theme popping up yeah I love that and I, d- I don't think they use that again if they do I'll be delighted because it is it's too good to great. just be in it's you fantastic you any of the incidental music anywhere I it? don't know obviously, obviously I've got a lot of vinyl with various right. bits of Simon May stuff on it I don't think any of that music is available to buy if anyone knows if it is though please come and let us know find us on Twitter at always there pod I really want all of it I want to own the whole thing I've become it's fair to say obsessed Uh, anyway we're nearly out of time but before you go it's traditional now I can say traditional it's like a wooden boat it's traditional (laughs) that my guest sings us out with their own version of of the theme tune are you ready and prepared to do this let me just it may not scan but I'm going to force it in with a crowbar that doesn't matter so all that remains for me to say is uh, thank you for listening I hope you've enjoyed it come and find us on Twitter at always there pod we'd love to hear your Howard's Way stories anything you've got to do with this show as you can tell I'd be interested to hear but now Tony Way I'd like to say thank you for being always there. Thank you. Howard's Way Oh look it's Howard's Way Better than Highway Or Songs of Praise Cos it is a Sunday Soon will be Monday I fear that and bedtime are not too far away. <laughs> Yay! Thanks, Tony. <laughs> GreatPigOwl.com As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.